BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 601- 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Welcome in to the flagship or hashtag not committed. I don't know what I'm calling this one. It's going to be like a mixed use podcast, but I'm back. Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. I'm not sure anyone really missed me here. I was gone for the week. Both Zach and myself, as well as Bradley Sal, Jake Thompson of the Old Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com, we were all in Athens for Old Miss Georgia. And I went in with an open mind, all right? I, I was skeptical. I did think that Ole Miss was going to lose. However, I did not expect 52-17. to 17. So I decided ULM week. Let's take it easy. I didn't do nothing podcast-wise, really. Uh, I just put up Zach's shows. But we're back today on this Friday because stuff is happening. It's November 17, 2023. ULM's tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central Time kick. Ole Miss is going to whip that team. Ole Miss is going to win the Egg Bowl. Two games in five days. They're going to finish 10-2, and two, the second 10-win regular season in program history. Mm-hmm. Only losses to Alabama and Georgia second at and- their places. That's what I said. Yeah, second, second in three years, Kiffin. too. Second in three years, second under yeah. Kiffin, second in program history. Big deal. And next year, Jackson Dart will be the quarterback again, as announced on Thursday by Lane Kiffin. He's coming back. Georgia at home next year? Look out. But for this week, <laughs> I needed a detox. <laughs> I, needed, I needed a detox because oh, after that man. first touchdown drive at Georgia – I'm telling you, man, this it felt so much different. And it turns out it was closer to 2007, Georgia, when Ben Jarvis went in. And I thought, oh, crap, and then got boat raced. That's mm-hmm. what happened here. But we're back. And Ole Miss, typically for games like this, in the olden days at least, a ULM non-con opponent, big SEC showdown, the Egg Bowl next week, sandwiched in between those two big games. Old days, Ole Miss would have tried to avoid bringing prospects into campus for an 11 a.m. kick against a two and eight Sunbelt team. That is not what Lane Kiffin and them are doing. I'll be there tomorrow. I got 50 tickets and bringing 50 new Albanians with me because yeah, you're doing your part. We're doing the new Albany Ole Miss day. People have been asking me to do this for years. Hey Ben, man, let's like have a new Albany weekend. Well, I made it ULM. So I will be there, 
But more importantly, Kamarian Franklin will be there. Stonka Burnside will be there. Here's the news as it came this week. Number one, Jackson Dart is returning for a senior season. That's a big deal. Immediately, despite any portal stuff so far, any portal adventures for Ole Miss football so far, they are a playoff contender in the expanded playoff just with the news of Jackson Dart is returning for his last Ole Miss season. Secondly, Stonka Burnside, we know this already. This didn't happen necessarily this week, but decommitted from Mississippi State, and he's coming in for a visit this weekend. What does that mean? We'll ask Zach Barry. And then certainly last but not least, what's the other bit of news this week? What's the other thing that happened? Throwback game, tap pad? Yeah. The throwback game at the Tad Pad is on this Friday night. So if you've uh, so if you want to kind of walk down memory lane with Ole Miss basketball, the Tad Pad game is happening tonight. It's just a busy week, and I thought it would be a perfect time to come back and talk to my friend Zachary. Hey, buddy, what's up? I had a uh, that game last weekend. It was I was at the 07 game. It literally almost I just an identical start. And I was there too at 07. And then it was back- funny. It was funny. So walking around Athens, most Georgia people were pretty nice. And I I told my buddy that I was with, I said, I don't know if there's just a sliver of some nervous energy with Georgia or they're just, or they're just numb to opponents at this point. They hadn't lost a home game in four years. Um, But after that first touchdown, we were around all walks of life in our section. We were down in, in 106. Me and my buddy, we went all out. We got 22 rows up, baby. We were in the thick of it. Yeah. When Quinshawn Judkins scored that touchdown, mm-hmm. there were some Georgia people around. I, I actually heard a guy behind me go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And I kind of turned and, and kind of smiled, and I was like, really? And 14-14, couple, you know, I guess a quarter later, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Carson Beck never got touched, ever. But, yeah, the way that they were scoring, the way they were moving the football, brutal. It just, I, I, I quickly shifted to where it was like, mm, no, not gonna happen. My buddy but, Whit Spencer went with me. It was a last minute decision to go, and he sat with my buddy Austin Brown. I, to- I think I told the story on the morning after show, but Austin, once it started to get bad. Looked over at Witt and said, hey, Witt, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm about to go to the bathroom, and I'm not coming back. And so, essentially, Ole Miss Georgia was your dad leaving for cigarettes and never returning. That That's what it was. You know, the <laughs> hope uh, that the door would open again, it just never happened. And if you're wondering about this ridiculous red mic in front of me, I love it. I feel like Conan O'Brien, David Letterman. My buddy Witt got this for me. So, there is one positive from the Georgia weekend. This mic, this red Ole Miss like podcasting mic. I love it. I guess that everybody got tired of looking at my old rundown church mic that I've been using. Now I got my red Conan O'Brien mic. So it's a new week. It's a new day. Two more games left. Ole Miss is going for its second 10 win regular season in program history. Second in three years. Second under Lane Kiffin. Going to beat ULM this weekend. We're not going to preview that game. Going to be Mississippi State. We'll probably preview that one, but there's more pressing things to worry about at Mississippi State. Um, all I've been asked, you know, by all my friends around here is essentially, hey, man, who are they going to hire? It's Dan Mullen, Jeremy Chadwell. I heard Lance Leipold. Jamie uh, Chadwell. Yeah, it's, whatever. I don't cover Mississippi State for a living. I knew it was the guy from Liberty, formerly of Coastal Carolina. <laughs> but I, I told this person I've been talking to, I was like, man, I'm just disappointed it's not Dan because that would just be too much I fun. I don't think it'll be Dan. It's not. I don't think it's going to be Dan either. Like I was told yesterday, it's definitely not going to be Dan. And I've been beating that drum since like October. Hey, guys, y'all just wait. End of the year, Zach Arnett's one and done. Then it's Dan. But we are not a Mississippi State podcast. Ole Miss is hosting a a pretty impressive collection of visitors, especially considering the game. It's ULM at 11 a.m. And yet Mm -hmm. a big visit weekend that came out, or big visit list, I should say, that came out on this Friday. Zachary, tell the people about it. I think this is a good weekend, actually, to host prospects by design. 11 a.m. kick after the game is over. I expect it to be never in doubt, but with the new clock rules, you can get in and out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it It is on national television, but I, I imagine 
the ads that will be running during commercial breaks. It, it won't be the full three minutes and 10 seconds like it was in Athens. That was brutal. Brutal. Um, but I, I do think this is a good weekend to host because you can get the game out of the way. Then you can get the coaches hanging out with the players all the rest of the afternoon, the evening, sit around, talk ball, watch some football, have your one-on-one -on -one meetings, get them all hanging out with each other. Uh, I thought it was pretty telling to not only get Cam Franklin back again, Jarkobi Hobson back again, Jeffrey Rush back again. Several commits are in town, but one in particular, Mr. Andy Jaffe. I mean, I, that guy has been recruiting his tail off on Twitter. Get that guy around Braylon Burnside, Cam Franklin, Jeffrey Rush, Raymond Collins, Cameron Clark. Get those dudes all sitting around a table, eating, talking ball, talking about Ole Miss. I mean, I, my pick has been in for Stonka Burnside to pick Ole Miss since it last has. summer. Bit I'm a skeptic a in that situation. I've been a skeptic the entire time. <laughs> and Zach, it's like you deserve to get some credit for it, man. You've held firm. You have, I don't know, man. I, I, and um, despite my skepticism, I wasn't the only one. Many, many skeptics out there. Turns out Zach was right on. Maybe we should listen to him. I more. thought I was actually pretty surprised he came out and said it when I talked to him this week. But he mentioned the struggles at Mississippi State, the play calling. And we mm. had talked about this on the show where I said, I think he's a smart enough guy to know it's not a good fit. Regardless of who they hire, I don't think it will matter. But the offense they were running, I I'd never understood it if that's your pitch to – someone like Burnside or J.J. Harrell. You're not throwing the ball a lot. I I never I never understood it. And he he came out and just said it. He was like, man, like the play calling is not what I want out of an SEC program. No. Um, well, the Zach Garnett experiment, uh, experiment just wasn't – it was kind of doomed to start. And it's unfortunate, but it became pretty obvious pretty quick that this situation was untenable. I mean, there's no way they could have continued on and – We'll see what Mississippi State does, but it seems as if – because I think in the direct aftermath of Braylon Burnside decommitting for Mississippi State, we did a podcast on it. The first, you know, takeaway was, oh, Ole Miss is in the driver's seat here. And I don't mm -hmm. know if that's necessarily the case. I mean, I, I think it is, but you can never tell with in-state kids, and uh, there's still a long way to go here. But for his first visit after that to be for Ole Miss ULM, I think uh, not just that he's showing up on campus, but that he's showing up for this game surrounded by all his other in-state guys like Cam Franklin and Jeffrey Rush. And this is an obvious setup. I mean, they're going to – they're hotboxing Braylon Burnside. I mean, they're not going to – they never press for commitments. They never say, hey, don't visit anywhere else. Don't do this. Don't do that. But this is the red carpet for Braylon Burnside. So if you were needing to feel like me motivated this week after the letdown at Georgia, well, there's plenty to – um you know, perk your head up. Via Jackson Dart returning. Braylon Burnside's coming in for the game this weekend. If Braylon Burnside could come in and you want to win at Georgia next year at home against Georgia, these are the kind of players you want to get. So Braylon Burnside's coming in this weekend. Jackson Dart is returning. I, I don't want to kind of breeze past that because if you look at the rest of the visit list, it, it's the complete is Stonka and Cam Franklin and Jeffrey Rush, Therian Alexander, Jarkobi Jar Jar Hobson, and that's it. So it's not like it's a huge extensive list. I don't want to breeze past this Jackson Dart news. It's very big news. And Lane Kiffin announced it on Rev Talk in the most Lane Kiffin way ever. Just said, oh, I don't, I guess I could talk for Jackson. Yeah, he's coming back for a senior. The biggest Ole Miss story, honestly, um, of the year to date. So what did you think about that? What does that mean? I, I think the first Question we got on the message board on the Ole Spirit, OmeSpirit.com and Philadelphia on three was, what does that mean for Walker Howard? Just means that he's going to have to compete again and probably have to sit because um, he can't really transfer anywhere else. So what did you think about it, and what does it mean for Ole Miss next year? I had kind of heard some rumblings here and there that there might be a chance for a, a grad transfer move. I mean, talk about a – a cool storybook, you know, movie script type thing. If that were to be the case, like, oh man, you go grad transfer back home to Utah, play at your dad's alma mater, take over for Cam Rising, play for Kyle Whittingham. But no, nah, man, he he's talked about it a lot. He he talked about it with 
Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler, where he didn't know much about Ole Miss when he was looking at coming to Ole Miss out of the portal. He said he had to look it up on a map. He, he was kind of unfamiliar where Mississippi was. But I think once he got here, once he got with Lane Kiffin and the rest of the staff and he got to know the players, I mean, he it became his, you know, second home, you know, hashtag cliche. But, I mean, I think he thoroughly enjoys being in Oxford. He is the leader of this football team. Yep. He has taken on that role this season. It's evident in his play. It's evident in how his teammates speak about him. And I think you would you could probably ask Jackson. I, I could probably speak for him here. He probably thinks he's got some unfinished business. They let that one get away at Alabama. They didn't play well against Georgia. He's going to want to come back. He's going to want to continue to improve his stock, you know, personally his draft stock, but also as a team, as a program with the expanded playoff. You know he wants to, come, you know, run it back with Lane Kiffin again. And this offense could potentially be – just as good or better with returning guys. You expect Quinshawn Judkins back. Caden Priestcorn's got a decision to make. Jordan Watkins, Dayton Wade, Trey Harris, they've all got decisions to make on whether or not they want to come back and play in 2024 with him. So it's it's huge news. I mean, it dropped last night. We were all over it. We got it up on the site. I mean, it's a big, big deal. I mean, you, you think about returning quarterbacks or just who will be in the SEC next year. He's going to be up there as one of the, you know, he'll be in the conversation for all SEC preseason team. He's default top three. Yeah. No matter what anybody else does, he's default top three just because of the production. And when you look at what Ole Miss needs for next year, you would assume unless Quinshawn's number is just astronomical, there's going to be no issues there. He'll be back. So mm -hmm. that's the core of your offense is Quinshawn and Jackson. It sets up better than even this year, considering the schedule. Like I mentioned, Georgia at home. Georgia's still Georgia, but I, I think Ole Miss could be a better team. I think it could set up better for them next year. And I know we say that every single year, it seems like. But really, this time last year when we were going into the offseason and thinking ahead to what Ole Miss could be next year, we discussed how tough it could be, that Ole Miss could essentially have the same years it did a year before – I mean, last year – and have a worse record, but still have a better year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there's so much we put into this, and yet Ole Miss is going to probably end up 10-2 and two and playing their postseason somewhere in Florida. We all would have signed up for that this time last year. Yeah. This time next year, the hope is that Ole Miss will have taken a step because not only is the schedule better suited for a real contending run, even though this one was too, turns out, and uh, Ole Miss, mm -hmm. I mean, winning road games, even one, but both against Alabama and Georgia at home is just it's the tallest of task but you've got the expanded playoff this year would have you in playoff contention next year Jackson Dart sees what's available to Ole Miss an unprecedented and I know it's already unprecedented I mean you're talking about two 10 win regular seasons the first two in program history both under Lane Kiffin second in three years and no one bats an eye anymore. It's like it's the expectation, but th we still need to appreciate that achievement in and of itself. And now Jackson Dart is looking back saying, okay, well, next year, that's when the shit really takes off. If this isn't taking yeah. off, take off is, hey, go compete as a national contender, and that's what he sees, and that's what he's going to do. And I, I think it's obvious, too, that this NFL draft class for quarterbacks is brutal. I mean, Drake May, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, uh, McCarthy from Michigan. You could go on and on and on about guys that teams absolutely love. So that it's really hard for maybe a mid-tier NFL draft prospect. Even a Quinn Ewers is going back to Texas. It's hard for those players to kind of crack into that top tier. So you're already handicapping yourself at like what at best third, fourth round. So there's a lot that yeah. goes into it. But for, from the Ole Miss angle, vantage point. I think Jackson Dart sees it the same way you and I see it, the same way that every Ole Miss fan listening to this sees it. This is a contender next year, a national contender next yeah. year. Expanded playoff. Uh, these are the good times, man. I mean, this is unprecedented success, and Dart, Jackson Dart wants to kind of be the face of that, you know, one more go around, as he should. Yeah, I think that's the big thing is the expanded playoff, and you see that opportunity of playing in a in a first-round playoff game somewhere. And – you know, hey, you finish if the playoff was expanded this year, you finish 10 and 2. If some other folks stumble, you're in it. So yeah, sure. He sees that. It's like, I want to, you know, he's he said that. Quinchon Judkins has said it. Jared Ivey has said it. 
We came here to play for a national championship. And sure, of course, everyone always says that. And yeah, you want to win the national title, duh. But it's a real tangible thing now with what Lane Kiffin has built. And I think that that resonates with these with these players. They don't want to leave. So sure, draft, it's a loaded quarterback draft. That probably played a factor. But also, I do think there is some, some legitimacy to he loves Oxford. He has enjoyed his time at Ole Miss. Him and Lane Kiffin have a really good relationship. You know, there were some times where there were some rumors that it was kind of rocky when Spencer Sanders came in. Oh, make no mistake I, now. I, I mean, mean, maybe, but like, there, I think there was a time, there was a time in this offseason when it, it was not even a secret that essentially if Jackson Dart Sater went, it was whatever they had Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard. So to get to this place in the relationship to where, both parties, Lane, Jackson, the offense, everything is in such – has such solid footing, I think, is a remarkable feat just because of where it was. I mean, everybody was disappointed, everybody, after last year, at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, sure. I mean, to lose five of your last six, you climbed to number seven. It just all fell apart. This team, to its credit, even though – Alabama was a tough loss, won five straight. Georgia was tough. We'll see how they respond. Georgia was a tough loss. We'll see how they respond, but we expect mm-hmm. them to beat ULM, beat Mississippi State. This news comes out. I don't think it's any mistake. Uh, this team and these players and these coaches, if you were hoping to see them respond off of all the things that have frustrated the absolute shit out of you for two years, they've done that. And now they're positioning themselves to make a run at the damn thing next year. And yeah, really I- make a run for it because – they don't have to, you know, convince, you know, a, a little gr- a corporate boardroom that they're one of the four best teams in the country just because they don't have Alabama on the side of their helmet. They can go do it in an expanded playoff. So it's an exciting time, man. And mm-hmm. I, I, again, I think this weekend's visit list is a good example of it. I remember when Ole Miss recruiting staffers would say to me, oh, dude, we're not bringing anybody in this weekend. Oh, God, no, it's ULM. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be there. This is terrible, blah, 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 blah. Lane Kiffin, they don't bat an eye. They use this weekend as an opportunity to kind of, you know, build the Braylon Burns sidewall. I mean, it's no coincidence that Cam Franklin and Jeffrey Rush. Probably also by design, Kiffin announcing Dart is back now. Yep. Hey, guys. Hey, guys in the portal. Three-year starter coming back. You won't catch you won't catch some footballs. Yeah. You you want to have 700 yards receiving? Come on down. Braylon Burnside. Here you go, bud. You want to come in and be a freshman All-American? You want to battle it out and, and try to come catch some passes from Jackson Dart in his third year as a starter? Yeah. There you go. So I, I think, think there was that's some, what Jackson that wanted was, too. I think Jackson wanted that to kind of be out there for partially those purposes, right? That hey, yeah. I don't want there probably to be also just out. to get it off his chest too. Yeah, be but also hey, be done with it. Like don't let there be any doubt if it can help Ole Miss land even better players, good players, equal players. Because let's go through some of the names that are going to leave. Trey Harris is going to go. He he's going to go. Probably gone. Dayton Wade's probably going to go. Could come back. Yeah, I would say Jordan Watkins of all the receivers that could leave, uh, maybe participate in Senior Night for ULM or Senior Day since it's eleven a.m. kickoff. I think Jordan Watkins is probably the most likely one to come back. But I know that Jordan really has been itching to get to the NFL. So sometimes it's just time to go. But in this day and age with NIL. Wade's stock is really high right now. Yeah. But in this day and age in NIL and and the money, you can – I mean, Jordan Watkins, it may be more profitable for him for one year at least as far as total earnings to come back. Because, I mean, your situation isn't going to be any different this time next year, probably. You are who you are as a player, and the scouting and evaluations community are going to hold that for you. So, those two are gone. If you're Jackson Dart, if you're Lane Kiffin, if you're Ole Miss trying to build off this 10-2, and recruiting has already started. I mean, there's a reason why coaches get fired with two games left. Jimbo has been gone. Zach Arnett is gone. You want to get ahead of the game, get it out there, ULM. We get some brilliant marketing is brilliant recruiting this is the next level stuff we're talking about yes i maybe it sounds a little fantastical to some i don't think so at all i think it was completely by design that was this week well now that you've said it because i really didn't think of it beforehand it just makes too much sense yeah it could also be recruiting your own roster back 
Absolutely. You mentioned Watkins and, and Wade. They could come back. Absolutely. It certainly helps for them to make that decision yeah. when you've got your boy Jackson Dart thrown to you. Correct. I'm, I'm sure they they like Walker Howard. I'm sure they love Walker Howard. I'm sure they love Austin I don't know Simmons. What, I don't, I don't but, know about – I see you're missing – somebody's not in there. Spencer Sanders? Well, no? he's well, he's not back next year is what I'm saying. I know. The funny thing about Spencer is um, he's going to be a trivia question one day down the line. I mean, did you remember it's it's Shaq on the Celtics, you know? It's James Harden <laughs> on the Clippers now. Spencer Sanders at Ole Miss. It makes no sense. And every guy, yeah. like even at Georgia, he's been a good teammate. He hadn't been any problem, I guess. I mean, he's just been here. He's the most expensive insurance policy <laughs> ever. I mean, you could say like what the trivia question could be. What would it be? All right. It'll be what power five quarterback threw four for four? Yeah. What four year starter threw for 9,500 yards and 67 touchdowns in his career and transferred somewhere and only threw 200 yards and two touchdowns and made $200,000 doing it? <laughs> you know, yeah. The most expensive insurance. But aren't you kind of glad he's here? You know, you just know what would have happened had they not secured Spencer and used those funds elsewhere. That would have, like Jackson, something terrible would have happened to Jackson. Like, oh, God, what if they could have just spent the money on Spencer Sanders? That's how this shit goes. I get it. But Jackson Dart, I think the overall. What? I was going to say, for all the people that are going to try to say, well, if you didn't pay for Spencer Sanders, you could have gotten Keon Coleman. Okay, maybe, but also Keon Coleman's, you're not beating Georgia with Keon Coleman. It doesn't matter. Also, I feel attacked. You could just call me out. I'm the one that has essentially said that over and oh. over and over. I mean, the offense would have been even better, but you're still yeah. not. Maybe you beat Bama. Georgia. Maybe. Well, because you got to remember against Alabama, everybody was hurt. Yeah, Trey I was, was hurt. Caden Priestcorn was hurt. You get like, a full... I want to go back and play that Alabama game with Georgia <laughs> personnel. See, that would be perfect for the playoff because I've yeah. seen some yeah. mock 12-team playoffs where it's an 8-9 rematch. Mm-hmm. Bama Ole Miss, you get that full offense out there. Think about next year for Ole Miss football. All right, just as the Ole Miss football fan, we cover Ole Miss for a living, but we've been around this shit. I mean, you went to the game Saturday just because you wanted to be there. I went there. Let's quite, quite frankly, I didn't, I didn't have to go down there. I didn't need to go to Georgia to work. I went there just in case Ole Miss beat Georgia. I wanted to be there. I wanted to see it. I was in Sanford Stadium in 2007, and Ben Jarvis was going in and fumbled. The law firm. The friggin' law firm. One of the, my favorite Rebels ever, man. Love Ben Jarvis. Transferred from Indiana. Had a great vet, uh, a great NFL career, and it just fell apart. Not hmm. this Ole Miss group. No, sir. No, no sirree. No, sir. No way. It, is, it was a repeat, which is fine. They weren't ready yet. But look yeah. at next year. Look at next year. Jackson Dart is a sure thing. It's not a hypothetical. We don't have to talk about it. He's coming back. They're going to get back a wide receiver of that group that could leave. Ulysses Bentley could come back. Where would Ulysses go? He can't transfer again unless he mm-hmm. gets some encouraging draft news, which I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Running backs, it's hard these days for a running back. So if you get – an evaluation of a late round, maybe you go just because that's the best it's going to get for running backs. I don't know. I think Ulysses is back. Defensively, Kari Coleman's probably gone. But let's be honest. That's where they're going to make their hay, hay, I think, in the portal. They're going heavy, heavy defense. Mm -hmm. Because offensively, it's not just Jackson's back. You're not having to do those big, big ticket buys like with Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard or – you're going to have to get one or two wide receivers. You need some linemen. You got to get some linemen. But let's say over under four and a half big time transfer additions for the offense. I would probably say under. Maybe five and a half because they, they'd add four. You had two linemen and two wide receivers. You, you know what I mean? Because I think Caden yeah. Priestcorn is coming back. Defensively, that's where I think they'll really make their hay. They're going to add anywhere and everywhere, especially on the interior of the defensive line. But even like a JJ Pegues could be back. The point is this, every year, every offseason, it seems as, as if Lane Kiffin is completely turning over his roster. 
And there's going to be significant turnover this year. You're going to have to re-recruit your own roster, as we've already talked about. There's going to be players that you didn't anticipate leaving getting bought away from somebody else. Shit's going to happen, all right? But at least under Lane Kiffin, and I would argue certainly in modern times, maybe ever, Ole Miss is best positioned to really make a run at a national championship because the path has been created for them. They've got the formula as far as roster building. They've got the pathway now with the college football playoff, the expanded college football playoff. So if you're an Ole Miss fan listening to this right now, this this is the time to sit back, kick it, and, and appreciate what's happening here. And also go to the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and put it on three. Not only two will those things be happening, but college football, the video game, is returning in July. So it's just all coming up, you know, Ole Miss and Ben Garrett today. Also, next year you don't play Auburn or Alabama. Hell yeah. So – as good a chance as any. I said it on a show this week. You got Oklahoma and George on the schedule. Yeah. I mean, I think the floor is nine and three at least. If the floor is nine and three, because what was the floor this year? Eight and four. Was it so, going into the year? I mean, maybe people said seven and five. The narrative was, oh, they're staring seven and five in the face. I was because I can't remember our predictions. I was between nine and three, ten and two. I think you said ten and two. I said nine and three. Oh, you said nine and three. Okay, maybe I said ten and two. I thought they were going to lose to Alabama and Georgia and one of Texas A and M LSU. This is just the best position Ole Miss has been, especially in modern times, to really go compete for national championship. And I think Jackson Dart saw that, and that was part of the equation. And it starts there. Talk of Champions Podcast Network is brought to you in part by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. It's getting close to the end of 2023. And if you need to make year-end donations for tax purposes, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation and they'll walk you through their philanthropic giving initiatives. Whether it's the Vault Society or Empower, both initiatives give you a tax-deductible way to support the Champions Now campaign for Ole Miss Athletics. Or if you're working on estate planning, call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation to discuss Forever Ole Miss. For further information, call 662-915-7159. That's 662-915-7159. Or visit givetoathletics.com. That's givetoathletics.com. It's the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank. Local. Invested. Modern banking. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. 
NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh-oh. In show. What the hell, Zach? <laughs> I wasn't going to bring it up. But... All right, Bruce Feldman, Michigan AD, Ward Manual, effective today. Michigan linebackers coach Chris Partridge, former Ole Miss DC. That's not in the tweet. Has been relieved of his duties as a member of the Michigan football staff. Rick Minter will serve as the team's linebackers coach. Falling on the sword. Chris Partridge gonna going to try to save Harbaugh here, I guess. You think that's what it is? I mean. Chris Partridge is a dog recruiter, man. Undefeated and you're relieving your linebackers coach of his duties? Man, I hate that. that for Partridge. Partridge was great at Ole Miss. I know he wasn't a defensive coordinator and – that that's a Kiffin decision that you great, can criticize. Great guy. Great guy. Hell of a he was awesome to to talk to. Yeah. That dude eats, sleeps, and breathes football. Um this is this is all tight. What? What? Oh. I mean, I you hate to see it happen to the good folks up in Ann Arbor. The leaders and legends that they are. Um we've come a long way since Jim Harbaugh was at the Oxford IHOP. This is hilarious. Oh God. See, here's the thing. It's not personal, but it is. <laughs> like, just, I don't know I, any – I don't really know holier... any Michigan people, like hardcore Michigan people. That I'm not – this isn't – I'm not attacking them. I'm not coming at them. They didn't do anything. They're fans. They they contributed. They didn't put on binoculars or pick up binoculars and put on a disguise to go, you know, steal signs and shit. This is all Jim – but the fact that this fan base – and it's not completely representative at all of their fan base, but on Twitter is so insufferable and yeah. so loud. And especially back when Ole Miss was going through its NCAA investigative case in, you know, 2016, 17, 18, dealing with all that. And the hot, the holier than now. And, and now the sanctimonious shit coming out as they deal with the same thing. It's just fun to be on the other side of it and to kind of yeah, laugh I, and have fun with it. That's my whole thing is not personal it's all i'm saying just acting like oh how dare you accuse us how dare you some unsavory actions we listen to npr all day that just makes you boring i love npr but like shit man yeah it's just come on like get over yourself but chris um, partridge has been relieved of his what do you make of it I, I think this is a falling on the sword type thing. This is, hey, well, you know, Connor Stallions, he's gone. Now Chris Partridge, they were the problem, not Jim Harbaugh, not the program. These lone wolves went on their own accord and tried to sabotage and smear the good name of Michigan. Um, How dare you sully, sully the Michigan name, first of all. Would I put it past Chris Partridge for stealing signs? Absolutely not. I wouldn't put it past any coach that I've gotten to know. I mean, most people try to steal most signs. Most people try. Yeah. But the idea that Chris Partridge was like some mastermind uh, or or like some independent, you know, bad actor here is just freaking asinine. Now watch it come out that they have like extensive proof that Chris Partridge was doing something crazy. But yeah. dang, I hate that for him. Because he's returned there. home. That's where Ole Miss pulled him from. Michigan was home for him. 
the key there is that there was no reason given. Yeah. So we have to speculate. We don't have to. We just are choosing to. Well, I mean, it's more fun to speculate. Especially Um, about Michigan. Who's getting – all I know, man, turnabout is fair play. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Or just don't throw glass – don't throw stones in glass houses, man. Everybody's got their shit. Chill out. That's all I'm saying. Next time, let it be a learning. I hope nothing really bad happens to Michigan. I really do. Like, I think it's all silly. Who cares? Yes, try to steal signs. All right, of course you do. You get caught, pay a fine. Make it really hurt, you know? But suspend yeah. them from a bowl for one year. Like, like, there should be a deterrent from doing dumb shit. However, this is not personal. It's just funny because Michigan fans, yeah. it all comes back, man. <laughs> it ultimately all comes back, you know? God, uh, do, we, do we want to talk about some other uh, notable visitors and potential visitors this yes. weekend? Yes. I think uh, one in particular, I think Ole Miss fans need to know. Um, if you haven't read the interview I did with him, it is at omspirit.com. You can find it. It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, Shakai Mills Knight, the 2025 running back from Baylor School in Chattanooga. He will be back in town this weekend. That's notable. Um, originally from Canada, played football before, played football in Canada, but he is now in the States. He's playing at Baylor School. Um, really good. Speaking of Canada and Ole Miss, Tavius Robinson balling out for the Ravens last yeah. night. You see this? First career sack. Hell yeah. Anyway, continue. Wanted to give him um, a shout Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, first year in the States playing at Baylor School. Really, really, really good program in the in East Tennessee. Uh, he's back for another visit. Uh, I think his name is going to continue to blow up. Ole Miss offered him first, talked about how much he admires Kevin Smith, his track record as a player, as a coach. He really likes Ole Miss. Um, a lot of Ole Miss people around that school, around that program. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they they get Bryson Sanders last cycle. Sure, he's been talking to him about Ole Miss, but he will be back in town. He is a stud. Uh, he is currently unranked by on three, but I imagine he will be a high three-star, maybe a four-star before it's all said and done. That's one to keep an eye on. I- I'm not saying commit watch or anything, but he really likes Ole Miss, and he's intrigued, and he is back. So he's making the long drive over across the entire state of Tennessee down to Oxford after uh, Baylor's semifinal game on Friday. That's a big one. Um and we talked about Hobson earlier, again, just back in town. You can't have a guy like that in town enough. I think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat there. Um, if it's not Ole Miss, who is it right now? Bama? For Hobson? No, for Burnside. Oh, for Burnside. Um, I'd probably put Florida State or Oregon up there as possibilities. What about Hobson? Um, Hobson with A and M with Jimbo being gone, that's that changes a lot of things. I'd probably say Auburn. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna try to get in there. Um, but I mean, I Pete Golding has been recruiting him for two years now. Kelvin Bolden's been doing the same. Um, he's a quiet dude. He doesn't say much, but uh, he is getting closer and closer to. Uh, he will narrow his uh, top schools list down in December. And then I imagine he will probably make a decision in the spring, um, get it out of the way and focus on his senior season. But um, it's probably some other guys that are not on the list right now that might make it over to town. One in particular I would throw out there is Tupelo linebacker Tristan Jernigan, committed to Texas A&M, but with Jimbo being fired, he is certainly keeping his options open and looking around. I could see him making that quick drive over from Tupelo to uh, to Oxford this weekend. Um, so yeah, I, th- there's gonna be there's gonna be some more guys added to this list, especially as we talked about earlier in the show. It's an 11 a.m. kick, so you can, you can go to the game, then you can hang out and chill in Oxford afterwards. So yep. uh, there will probably be some more names added. I'll get those to you when I can. Um, you will be able to find those names at omspirit.com, an affiliate of On3. We will have the thread going all weekend, so stay locked in there. Sub today, you can get a sub for a dollar, one dollar. And yep. this is the fun, this is the most fun time. I almost said fun, it's like that's a word. This is the most fun time of the year 
if you enjoy just being a college football degenerate. I mean, this is the time to come to the Ole Miss Spirit, OlmissSpirit.com, football three. Portal's about to heat up. Recruiting is heating up. You got the first of two signing periods. And, yeah, this, this is the time. And I'm looking at the portal. There's not a lot of movement yet. I think there's, that's really going to start to take off after Thanksgiving. What do we know for sure about Ole Miss's portal pursuits right now? We know that Deion Smith's probably coming, but golly, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're in the freaking, you know, we're we're like trapped in a time loop, you know. I put it on about the board. Smith to Ole Miss since this time last year. Put it on the board yesterday. I had a source tell me uh, Marley Cook, a defensive lineman at MTSU, could be getting in the portal. He's originally from Water Valley. Um, had a really good career at MTSU. He's he's on some draft boards. He was a, a Lombardi, a preseason Lombardi watch list guy. Um, source told me that he wants to play one more year of college at, at a high level to get more tape for scouts and to play against the best. And that's really um, where Ole Miss had his most success is with uh, lower-level transfers. Like John Saunders is a good example of that from Miami, Ohio. Dayton Wade was a walk-on from Western Kentucky. Ja'Core Pearson's another good example of that, another walk-on from Western Kentucky. Yeah, yeah Ole Miss has really done Dejan pretty well. Dejon Anthony. Dejon Anthony. But, uh, like, they're high-profile guys. Zakari yep. Franklin. He's away Isaac, from the team. Isaac Ukwu. And if you're wondering what's going on with Zakari Franklin, it's quite simple. He's trying to preserve his red shirt. He's played, him, played shirt. four he's games. Got, yeah, played four games. Doesn't want to play in the fifth. But he's going his, about it the wrong way. He's going about his the knees, wrong way. His knee's not ready yet. No, but he's going about it the wrong way. He's not even practicing. He's just he traveled to Georgia and opted not to play. And you can tell it kind of irked Lane. But yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the portal, that's where Ole Miss has had his most success with lower-level guys. I mean, I think Isaac Gukwu has been a real success story for Ole Miss this year, even though defensively Ole Miss has been up and down as you thought they would, and he hasn't been maybe a consistent, dominant presence from the edge, but he's been really good for them. I'm looking at their roster. Let's run through it real fast. Josh Harris, do you think he stays or goes? Mm. Real quick. Uh, that's goes. an evaluation for both sides. I'll simply say that. I'll say he goes. I'll say he stays. Aiden Williams. Stays. Come on. All right. Well, you know, they're going to come after him now. Cedric Johnson. I think he goes. I do too. Uh, Jackson Dart is staying. Dejan Anthony is gone, probably. Let's see. Sonny P. Stays. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm just going through all of them. I swear okay. this is completely. I'll say this. As long as Kelvin Bolden and Derek Nix are on the staff. I agree. Sonny P and Aiden Williams are not going anywhere. You know what's funny is um, at Georgia, I actually got the Ole Miss official um, pronunciation of Sonny P's name, and I already forgot. <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, well, like we, the official well, we know. And we know you didn't forget because of all the beer you drank in the stadium because they don't sell any damn beer in that stadium. They do not. I'm still mad about that. I, it's, it, I mean, and what's crazy about Athens and Georgia is, I mean, people are just walking around with open containers everywhere except okay. in the stadium. Someone told me that's not a thing. I guess if you're in like a tailgating space, it's fine. But like in the downtown area, everyone told us you can't. Well, I mean, the dude that I followed up every – I mean, it's the hilliest place in the world outside of Rocky Top. It really and, is. I mean, just straight uphill. <clears throat> and I got turned around a couple times because I'm an idiot and uh, fat and stupid. And I'm out of breath. I'm tired. It's like, dude, show me where I'm going. Some random dude. He was carrying a full-on case of beer walking around campus, just drinking out, like, pulling one out, putting one down. Well, shit, maybe we were lied to. I don't know. Anyway. I will say, right. my, my, buddy, my buddy did just leave a bar when we walked back to the Airbnb, and he was holding a tall boy Bud Light, and no well, one said fine. anything. So, yeah, no. so maybe it's cool. It's fine. Jam Griffin, he's already transferred once, so probably staying. Deshaun Gaddy, can he come back? I'm not sure. Some of these, I don't know if they can come back. If Deshaun Gaddy can come back, I could see him coming back. He might come back for the sole reason that he's dropped two game-sealing interceptions, and he's just like, by God, I'm coming back, and I'm getting a pick. Braylon Brown, I think this is the year he goes. Probably because of all the receivers they're bringing in. They'll bring Ladarius Tennyson back. He's a, he's only listed as a junior. DeMarco Williams has a sneaky good year. I think J.J. Henry, all those wide receivers that are now upperclassmen that haven't played, Braylon Brown, J.J. Henry, Larry Simmons, Jeremiah Dillon, you need to keep an eye on all of them. 
Um, Jared Ivey could come back, but I think Jared has had a really good year again and is on the NFL radar, and I think he's going to go. Haven't seen a lot of TJ Young at safety. He could come back, I think, but I, I think his uh, inclination would be to leave. Hmm. I could see him coming back because he's tight with Kiffin. Yes, he but is. Not a, not a guarantee. Uh, and that's a good uh, because I honestly I don't have it right in front of me who all is the COVID guys and who's not. Like some of these are true it's true seniors, so they're going to be gone. Yeah, I mean it's just my, so bad. My my rule of thumb with that when people ask me now is like just assume they have a COVID year. Yeah, Kari Coleman, I, I think he's gone. Ulysses Bentley, I think he's coming back. Anybody while while else you're running, know? while you're running through this list, another name added to the uh, list. Live edition here, Jaden Lewis, four-star corner out of Anniston, oh. Alabama. Um, he will be in town. Who all is he considering outside of just Ole Miss? I uh, decommitted from Auburn in October. Um, he's got notable offers from Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida State, Penn State, Arkansas, Missouri. Um, he is actually taking visits to uh, – he's only been to Auburn. Per his on-three profile, he has only been to Auburn and – uh, this year he's taken visits to Georgia LSU Bama Tennessee he's been to Louisville he's been to Louisville um, but that's it so could be something to watch another good there. one I've gotten to the 40s here on the roster and I'm staring at Charlie Pollock and god dang it you, you never see me and Charlie Pollock in the same place at the same time for a reason man holy <laughs> shit all right um I don't really think this is going to be like it was last year. You know, Ole Miss had the second most transfers out of any any program in the country outside of Colorado under Dion, And I'm looking at the potentials, and it's just – I mean, there's some names, but I, I think that no real surprise candidates. Shocking. Jaden Williams might be a guy that other schools would want to come after him because he wasn't playing on an every-down basis, but – I mean, he's going to be a starter next year. I I, I don't know. It, you yeah, look he'll at, be uh, the starting left tackle next year. Yeah, I think this year was just a good, healthy year for him. But I'm looking at the rest of it. I mean, Hudson Wolf. He's gonna he's gonna have a chance to start play more meaningful snaps next year. Yeah, but maybe the tight end room would take a hit or two. I just don't. Maybe think maybe if Priestcorn announces he's back, maybe Wolf looks elsewhere. Maybe like, there will be some stuff like that, and then Isaac Ukwu. I think Isaac Uku is probably trending towards going, but um, you need Ole him. Miss, to, you, Ole Miss could have a real chance for the first time under Kiffin, really returning the yeah. bulk of a ten and two team. If you're if you're Ole Miss, you want Isaac Uku to stay, and you want him to get his buddy Jalen Green to come to Oxford because mm -hmm. that dude, I'm pretty sure he still leads the country in sacks at JMU. Yeah. Poor JMU got the NCAA did with the that's NCAA. So that's so ridiculous. It's also stupid that Ole Miss basketball is three games in. They're three and zero. Oh, got the tad pad game tonight, and Musa and Brandon Murray still don't know a thing. Uh, there was some positive, successful granted waivers recently, which gives you some optimism. Yeah. I think there was a dude at Howard that got I think granted a seventh or eighth year. Oh come on, okay. He had some. He had like three injuries and transferred, but. I don't know. There was a cryptic Instagram by Braden Murray the other day that said in due time, and it was him and Musa Cisse. So maybe. Maybe. I, they both have legitimate cases. They do. Braden well, Murray I'm one left. That believes all of the waivers should be granted. I think it doesn't matter. Yeah. What, what, who, who cares? cares? I don't Just understand. let them play. It's the NCAA clinging to the last, you know, vestiges of any kind of power they used to have. But I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the roster. We just went through it. We've talked about the recruiting angle of it. This offseason could be a little different for Lane Kiffin and company. This is not about – for the first couple of years, his roster building was about putting the best team together as quickly as possible mm -hmm. and probably getting out. But now this would be year five. He's already officially been at Ole Miss longer than he's been at anywhere else. But year five, he's not going to go to Texas A&M. I'd be surprised by that. Uh, I don't think he's a candidate, first of all, but even if he was – well, There's not we a job. About, we talked about this on Hit That Line. When people say, well, Kiffin wants the job. No, he doesn't. Okay, well, first of all, you probably haven't talked to Kiffin, but also, no shit, everybody wants that job. It's like a top six job in the country because of all the money and all the resources. So, well, yeah. the money is top six, but 
I will say organizationally, sure. they ain't top six. But outside of Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, organizationally, Michigan, Texas A&M is Mississippi State with Texas A&M money. <laughs> but like you know what I'm saying, like all these other programs are set. Like if you're at those places, you don't leave because you got it made. But A&M is it's it's a sleeping giant for a reason because of all the money they have in all like they are locked in. They got NIL. They will do whatever it takes to compete with Texas in that state. They will do whatever it takes to compete in the SEC. So when people say, well, so-and-so wants it, well, yeah, because it would be great to go there and have all of that at your disposal. But if you're talking about, you know, full autonomy of program and comparable money, I mean, top 10 money, and where the programs are. There are variables. Quite frankly, I mean – if Lane Kiffin just did this every year, if a disappointing year at Ole Miss was ten and two with the only losses at Alabama and at Georgia, dude, he's going down as the best one of the best coaches in Ole Miss history. I mean, the only thing that would be holding him back is he doesn't have the titles of Johnny Vault. You know, I mean, he yeah. leapfrogs Tommy Tuberville, he leapfrogs David Cutcliffe. Yeah, he's already done that. Now it's yeah. just can you go and I mean go to the playoff? You know, you're not going to the playoff at Texas A&M. Well, maybe you can because you got all that money and you can just go buy a team, but. It feels like Lane Kiffin in year five and looking at the roster and how it's constructed, this is a long-term build. And now the long-term build that maybe was delayed because the priorities for Lane Kiffin were different in the first couple of years. Here I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking what Ole Miss has done and looking what's coming in college football, specifically the expanded playoff. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why – Lane Kiffin, like you're not, I don't think you're going to get the same kind of drama that Jackson Dart is no drama coming back, not even entertaining it really. Yeah. Well, he's seen the fruits of his labor, right? Like he's seen the build, like he has done this. He's done it all while he's been at Ole Miss. They have gone from whatever it was with Matt Luke to now you're a top 12 team in the country. And it's all because of what he's built. So I think that paired with, I think he's comfortable in Oxford now. I think he's comfortable at Ole Miss. He's comfortable in his own skin. His kids are there. I mean, I expect Knox to, at some point, transfer to Oxford Middle or Oxford High, whatever. I I just think it's it's now where he's in a spot to where he probably has a short list of some picture-perfect jobs that you just can't turn down. But outside of that, I mean, I think he's now like, I don't need to go anywhere. I can do it here. Yeah, like, playoffs like Lincoln Riley, there's already rumblings that Lincoln Riley might be leaving USC for the NFL. This is the year he makes the move. You know, Caleb's gone, and uh, maybe maybe he goes and coaches the Bears and coaches Caleb. I don't know. Um, I think he at least gives it one more go and tries to get Zach Arnett to coach his defense and see what happens. I could see that. Because you got but, Malachi Nelson, and Malachi Nelson is But you could just see what would come if that were to happen. Sure. What was the first thing you'd hear? Well, that's Lane's job. Like Lane wants Dude, to go back no to USC. Way he's going back. No way. Like I'm trying to think no of the ga- like the the jobs that really would really tempt him. Alabama, of course, right? Yeah. I mean, Florida I State comes. Miami, up. I don't think Miami would move the needle for him anymore. I don't either. I mean, dude, I think like, Ole Miss is. And what's going to be funny is in a week's time, you and I looking dumb as shit because Lane goes and does a Lane thing. But I don't know, man. Like he seems settled. And Ole Miss seems uh, yeah. like it. The hired gunness of Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, which was the original intent, just turn it around as fast as possible, make us relevant as quickly as possible. Now it's oh, it's established. Let's go win the thing. You know, yeah. It's not I, about I, it's not it's not I, looking around the corner. It's looking at what's in front of you, and it's it's after, a welcome and and very uh, cool thing to see. Yeah, when when all the dust settled after the Auburn stuff, you and I talked about, you know, he had to sit down with Landry, and she made her piece. She had her sales pitch about sticking around. You can read it. It's in that that piece. I, I cannot remember who it was from ESPN that did it, but it was really good where she was like, you've made decisions your whole life for you. Now it's time to make decisions for us. And we talked about it all offseason where we were like, you know what? Like, by God, I just think that Lane Kiffin's – He's happy at Ole Miss. He gets everything he asked for. The collective is doing great. He's got a really good relationship with the AD and Keith Carter. And he's winning. I mean, 
truly remarkable if Ole Miss can do it and go 10 and two for the second time in three years. I mean, that is rarefied air for this program and yeah. it's all because of him. It's, it's quite it, literally never happened before. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like it's not, not hyperbolic. Like that is true. Like it's never happened. No, all the, the national championship teams, whatever that Johnny bought had, they all were nine win teams. So I, I, I truly think that he's going to do the, the shit in the media. Cause that's just what he does. He's just going to poke the bear and be coy and silly. He just can't turn that off just yet. But I do think if you put him on a, you know, gave him some true serum or, you know, lie detector, he would admit like, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly content. I'm happy at Ole Miss. We've got a really good thing going. He's got a great staff. He's got a bunch of young guys that they handle recruiting. They're go-getters. He doesn't have to do a ton, even though he's still <laughs> contrary to the narrative. He recruits high school guys, but like it's he a, just doesn't a, play them specifically wide receivers. I'm sorry. <laughs> he just he's he's got a really good thing going with what he's built. So, um, sure, if that was a joke, I was playing. That was me being snarky and dumb. I'm sorry. Well, like the well the wide know, receivers. Mentioned... He, there really is something. There is a criticism there. It's, where is Aiden Williams? There's got to be a thing where it's just like he doesn't trust you if you're not ready. If you don't know the playbook, you're not going to play. Ole Miss doesn't um, really rotate. You notice that they like they don't they don't do mass they, subs. He's got his dudes that he trusts, and I think that 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 right there is truly an indictment on the maturation of Jordan Watkins and Dayton Wade and how much he trusts them. And they're it out there. Be an indictment all it would be the more time. like just a testament to an indication. Stuff. Sorry, yeah. wrong I and D I C word. Um, but we talked about Miami. I don't think he's. I don't, I don't think he cares about that. No. UCLA is is going to no. get rid of Chip Kelly apparently. No, like he complains about attendance now. You think he's going to go to Hard Rock or the Rose Bowl and no. see nineteen thousand people and not get pissed? No, he's not doing that. Well, Mr. Fans two... doing their part, man. That includes ULN tomorrow. I'll be there. Fifty new Albanians yeah. with me. You know that. Those are two two big name programs that do not care about football. Yeah, UCLA does not care about football. You know, Miami in does not. Two thousand and ten. You know, UCLA would have tempted him more. 2023, not who cares? It, outside like of writing your own, you know, career death sentence here. Outside of UCLA having Jordan, nothing appeals to him no. there. Oregon, that's one. If Dan Can't Lanning were to go somewhere, he's not going anywhere this year. No, not this year. Dan Lanning should never leave Oregon. If he, this, if he the, left, that would be incredibly we, stupid. We spent an hour on a November 17th Ole Miss podcast the week before Thanksgiving, the day before ULM. I mean, I took the whole week and said, I'm not podcasting nothing. I got nothing to say, man. Like, what am I going to say? Uh, and we caught on because we got to do this work and we love to do it anyway. But this time last year, this whole show would have been, oh God, is Lane going to go to Auburn? And now we're just talking about the national contender he's building for next year. It's just nice. It's yeah. just nice, you know? And, yeah, it sucks that Ole Miss lost at Georgia. It's a bummer. Not unexpected, but still a bummer. And But unlike after Alabama, my belief in what this program could do eventually and be is not has not been shaken in any way. It's just a game, a game script that started out well, and then once it got bad, they just said, screw it, it's over. You know, like the final score after 28 to 14 was whatever. Once they didn't score after holding Georgia to three and out coming out of halftime, it's like, okay, this just isn't happening today. So in that vein, they laid down. But they're going to go 10 and two. And then next year, all we're going to be talking about is the pieces they put in place for the playoff. All right, real quick before we get out of here, um, name it real fast. The positions you think are the most important for Ole Miss to address in the portal. Now that Jackson Dart is back, you're not going to have to worry about, you know, maybe bringing a quarterback to compete with Walker Howard. Um, when shall we expect to be back? So what other what what positions are the biggest need areas then for Ole Miss? Real fast. Offensive line. All right. There's one. Linebacker. Yep. Wide receiver. Defensive tackle. And yeah, you can always. Always get an edge guy. They got the kickers good. Secondary's yeah, good. Yeah, Caden Davis is coming back. I, I would be surprised. And even if he does it, you got Mr. Costa, so. 
assuming yeah what is the most important need area for them linebacker linebacker either either or get a stud stud guy out of the portal at receiver to come in and be a trey harris Mm -hmm. or get a stud linebacker to come in and play alongside tj dudley Suntarian Perkins, Tyler Banks, those guys. Because they that's still that that seems correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. That seems like the one quote hole on the defense because the defense has been until Sonny P gains 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gonna Unless get he's there. gonna play safety. He's just too small right now to play. He's gonna get there, but they have not had that just that chance Campbell, that Mark Robinson that they had a couple years ago. They they they're missing that guy. I think when Deion Smith finally ends up in Ole Miss Rebel, we need to like do some kind of special edition of the podcast. That'll be a year, a year's worth of podcasts to finally see it come to fruition. We have to have some kind of event. I don't know what it'll be. But if you get a Deion Smith and a Jordan Watkins comes back or a Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins comes back, obviously wide receiver isn't the need of linebacker. So I agree with you. Linebacker, just defense is where they're going to go heavy. And yeah. If they can address adequately their need areas on defense, which you could argue is everywhere, uh, yeah. I would say that they have I think more deep. It's secondary's yeah. deep. Secondary and high, and mix of high school guys too. Like you mentioned, Demarco Williams, Trey Washington. You need a corner now. You're gonna need a corner. DeAndre Prince gone. Samari Walton gone. Yeah, I don't know about Deshaun Gaddy. They really like. DeMarco Williams and Trey Washington. Chris Graves played a lot against Georgia. Chris Graves will be a starting corner next year. And not wearing 32. <laughs> That's one of those you can go ahead and mark it down. He's not going to be wearing 32. All right. This has been a Friday edition, a laid-back Friday ULM edition of, I'm going to call it the flagship, the flagship here on the Talk of Champions podcast network. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do... Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. He's Zach Berry at Zach underscore Berry. And we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and them on three. And if you sign up today, you can get it for a dollar. Give me a final score prediction for Ole Miss ULM. And then state, too, because uh, who knows what our podcast situation is going to be next week for Thanksgiving week. Give me your uh, final two scores of the regular season for Ole Miss football. Real quick. Oh, like oh, like the Egg Bowl. I thought you yeah. – Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, you, I'm going to say ULM. I thought, you meant, I thought you meant Southern Miss, Mississippi State. God, no. ULM, I'm going to say – Ole Miss is like 52 to 20. I'm saying, I'm saying 51 13. Isaiah Woolard plays for ULM. Mark Britt plays for ULM. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, Mississippi State. Oh, Ole Miss is going to beat the crap out of that team. But it's the Egg Bowl. I'll say 38 to 21. 21? I don't know. They're terrible offensively. I'm just trying to think of semi close. 36 16. 36 16. That's about the same as what I said, you jerk. You're just not going to let him get to 20 points. Let's give him All a right. bunch of field goals. This has been the flagship. Thank you, buddy. We'll do it again. Hey, FaceTime me from the game tonight. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.